to our podcast the encounter we will be continuing our series love versus lust and today i'm here with danny deborah and rebecca and today we will be touching on being enslaved hey guys so just um, a little bit to remind you guys what we talked about last time if you haven't heard our last podcast you definitely should because it's um the beginning of this um we talked a little bit of uh, what lust is and how it dominates us um, how it's selfish and all that good stuff. But today we're going to talk about how it becomes a law in our members. So, um, actually, it's not good stuff; it's bad stuff. But you know. um, so, how law, how this sin becomes a law in our members. And in order to talk about that, we have to understand what a law in our members is. So, if we read, read seven Romans seven twenty three, we see that it says, "But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind, and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members." So that's very repetitive. Um, I suggest you guys read it in different versions because I, I really like to do that. It helps me understand. And it's pretty much talking about how there are things like in our hands, in our eyes, in our mouth, and all of our members that um, become a law to us. For example, I like to learn by example. So let me give you one. Your eyes. A law in, in your eyes can be pornography. You watch it once and you kind of like it, but you do it consecutively and it becomes a need. It becomes a law. Something that you must do. Um, your hands, masturbation. But it doesn't always have to be sexual. It can also be things like your mouth. Um, gossip. Like it becomes something that you need. Um, I don't know what you guys think. If you guys want to add something. Yeah, I think we have to understand as well that, that this law, the reason why we use the word law is because it becomes almost like a must thing that you must do. Just like the laws in the world. Right? I was I was explaining uh, to, to, to you guys that uh, that this law, when you start doing it and we start practicing, we start practicing, we start practicing, it becomes a habit. And this habit becomes a law. And if you guys understand laws, a law is something that is established and something must be followed. If not, there's consequences. And therefore, that's how sin can be. It can... You know get inside your life it can get inside your, your your way of being and then it becomes a law it establishes itself as a law and then if you don't do it they're just almost like this withdrawal feel type you know um of, of thing that you must you must have it you crave it you must need it so we have to understand that this law of the members and that doesn't mean that you know you have to uh you know watch porn or something but it almost feels like it and it's a decision that you take it's almost like a drug, Danny, right? Like right. when you take a drug and you need more and more and more, it becomes like a bigger and bigger thing that you need. Yes. Um, so in like Romans 7, 5, it says, while we are living under the influence of our corrupt nature, sinful passions were at work throughout our bodies, stirred up by Moses' laws, our sinful passion died, things that result in death. And then it goes on on Romans 7, 6. But now we have died to those laws that bounded us. God has broken their effect on us so that we are serving in a new spiritual way, not in an old way, de dedicated by written words. And yeah, I love that verse that you're reading because it's telling us how at first we were living under this corrupt nature, like all these things and sins were inside of us. But then all of a sudden God comes and he says, hey, those laws no longer have to bound you. Now you can be led by the spirit, which is really nice, right? Although Rome, um, Romans, Paul says in Romans 17, 
Uh, I don't understand my own actions. I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Right. So he himself says like, oh, even I, I know there's a part, I can't even think what verse it is, but I know it's in seven where he says like, I love the law and my mind delights in it. But still, like my body, it, it needs the pleasures. And it's it's crazy, right? How this happens because it became a law in his members from before that. And and how? How does this happen? How does this sin become a law in our members? Yeah, and it's crazy that this word law, if you actually look into the original version, it says that it's almost a litigation. And if you guys know what a litigation means, like almost like a like a fight between two people, two things. Two, two beings, we can almost say. So, yeah, these things are so important that we watch out because these two beings, so for example, one is spiritual. The Bible the Bible says the, uh, the the spirit is always willing, but the flesh, you know, will always pull you back. Or, you know, there's many there's many translations. So we, we have to understand that. We have to, this, this law. If you guys see a law in your member, you have to go find help. And this is why uh, you guys might say, Danny, but what does this have to do with our sex? Or what does it have to do with the lust? But these things happen. For example, I'm going to give us another example. If we if we don't watch out what we see or how we see people forever, ever, and ever, and ever, we're going to be coveting other wo other women that are not ours or uh, other people that are not you know part of part of our family. So you have to understand that these laws need to be removed, and they're almost like shackles, right? They're almost like that's why the Bible says, uh, um, what, what uh, what's her name? Uh, Rebecca uh, was saying that. We were already released by the law. But if you guys notice, sin uses the law to keep us even more captive. That's why God gave us grace now. But that's another topic. <laughs> right? How can we how can we see like if we've been overpowered by lust? How can we see if it's already a member that we're or a law in our member that we are constantly following and and um, being obedient to? So, so the the Bible says clearly, uh, I wish I, uh, I'm going to look for the verse. It says that what we are obedient to, we're a slave to. Therefore, if you're obedient to Christ, then you're a slave of who? Christ. If you uh, obey to your sexual pleasures or your passions, then you're uh, a slave to what? To your passions or, your, or to your sexual pleasures. So we have to understand that what you are obedient to is what you have a, a law in. For example, you can have a law of spirituality. For example, you have a law that every morning you wake up and you say thank you to God. Or you can have a law, or you can have a habit, or you can have something that is going to be a law of going to church. I've some people um, don't have a holy life, but go to church either way. Because their law is to go to church. Mm -hmm. But now their new law has to be to live a holy life, to have a worship in their life. I was going to say, Danny, I love that you're, re uh, you're saying this, and I actually found the, the verse that you're saying. It's Romans 6.16. And it says, uh, do you not know that the one to whom you present yourselves as slaves for obedience, you are slave of that same one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness. So what is one sign that you know that you've been overpowered by lust? Where are you being led towards death or towards righteousness? Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we can all see. Like if you look at your life right now and like you start to think about it, are you going towards righteousness or are you going towards death? And we all know because the Holy Spirit, if it's still um, uh, a, a lit inside of us, I, I don't know how else to say it, like alive inside of us, it speaks to us. It tells us. It convinces us. It exhorts us. It tells us, hey, wake up. No, don't do that. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that and you guys feel like you have a good angel and a bad angel. Right. And then <laughs> one of them is like, yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it, do right. it. And another one's like, yeah, you want to do it. God's watching. You know? Right. <laughs> So, yeah, let's see, who are we paying attention to? Who are we being the slave to? And where is it leading us?
And you know, it's, it's very, sometimes I feel like we know we're enslaved to these things, but we're so like quick to hide it or we just ignore it, put it to the side and just be like, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. But I feel like the the first thing we need to do is um, to acknowledge what we are enslaved to because we have an example, which is Paul. And just below uh, Romans 7:23 and 25, it says, he says, I thank God that our Lord Jesus Christ rescues me. So I'm obedient to God's standards with my mind, but I am obedient to sin standards sin standards with my corrupt nature so he's acknowledging that the state of the struggle he is going through but he continues to like thank god because he knows that um god is uh taking away the struggles and because jesus is working through him and Kat, i love that you say that because the bible says confess your sins and go far away from them like apart, apart yourself, yourself from them mm -hmm. and then you will reach mercy but what we do when we have lust we're ashamed to say we're ashamed to be yeah. like yo that girl you got me thinking things I shouldn't be thinking or that mm -hmm. guy, you know? Yeah. And we're afraid to say this. We're afraid to say, hey, help. So we let it like a cancer spread. And lust is so powerful that it overpowers. It, it allows us to stop seeing people as we should see them. We don't see them as people anymore. We start seeing them as objects, as something to gratify ourselves. Yep. And that's what we talked about. Like the biggest difference from lust and love is that lust is selfish. It's greedy. It just wants to please itself. So when we when we do this, we we don't care about how it ruins ourselves or others, and we fall in love with this sin yeah. because sex is gratifying, and we, we start to love it. And the word lust itself, I was seeing that it, it there's like the words that describe into lust is animal, it's beast and death, and that's like super like very triggering too. Like how can lust be like compared to these big big words? And then you see that lust begins to control your thoughts and what you should do it controls your thoughts your emotions and as well as your will to do things because it's not it's like no longer you it's this thing you're um being captive from and it is it's just holding you there and it's like not letting you do what you want to do but letting this sin control you and um first of john two sixteen, um it says this is all there is in the world wanting to pleasure our sinful selves wanting the sinful things we see and being too proud of what we have but none of this comes from the father they come from the world yeah and that's one of the things god calls for he calls for uh self-control there's a verse in the bible and goodness guys i they're all coming to me right now i didn't write these down but it says that he did not give us a spirit of of cowardness but instead a spirit of self-control and power and or love uh domino domino proprio e oh guys the point is self-control um that's the big one right and that's exactly what lust is not it's it's out of control and god calls us for self-control that's what he wants yeah and we also have we also have to see that uh you know how we see our eyes there's also a verse in the bible that i was trying to learn that i was trying to uh um uh, look for but i can't find it uh but it says that when you see your your younger sister in christ see her as if she was your smaller sister and if you see an older woman uh in christ that you that she's very beautiful you don't see her with lust but you see her as if she was your mother and it's it says it was first timothy 5 top but it's not it so so um we have to understand that uh uh you know this this law of the members and we this um this this uh this law and this lust that that this corrupts our our life and our and our mind we have to remove it as soon as we can and as as fast as we can so we can continue being free and we can um we can continue uh living the life that god wants us to do um the next question was uh how does this sin become the law of our members and i think we've went over that already right 
It's how does it become when you keep practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing until it's established, until their foundation is this transgression, turns into sin, continues into iniquity. And I think, I, I don't want to say this is right, but I would have to ask, but then it becomes a law into your life, right? Um, but I would have to ask if that's even, doc, doc, you know, being doctrinal, right? But I would assume that it becomes this, something established, something so established that you must follow. Well, Danny, I would agree with you because... Uh, when you give birth to death, like, who are you? Who did, whose path did you follow? Right. Death. So you can no longer live as if you were alive if you are dead. But um, I, I don't want to clear. I, I don't want to make it clear that if people do have a law or do have a um, something that you know that that has them has them controlled over, it's not like they're forever captive. You know what I mean? Like they do have a way out and that's called jesus christ that's how when jesus was dying it's in if i'm not wrong it's in uh, matthew or, or luke oh my god i was just reading it all weekend and i couldn't get it and uh it says that when he was dying and he was taking his last few breaths it says that they said that he was thirsty and he asked for for something to drink they gave him vinegar and then it says that after he gave him and they he drank a little bit of vinegar it says that he he spoke it is finished and then he died and then he gave his spirit to the Lord. So meaning that that he needed to feel everything. He needed to go through everything so he can make us free. Therefore, if you're struggling with this, you're struggling in vain because God already struggled with this for you. So you need to let it go. Danny, it's easier said than done. I know, but through prayer, reading the Bible, we start slowly, you know, liquidating ourselves. And I always tell people, I know I speak a lot and I shouldn't be speaking a lot, but I'm just I'm just thinking I tell people like, hey, if your if your cup is dirty, how do you make it clean? By praying. But not by not by praying, but like like if you see like like in, in our in our in our in our bodies, like in, in this world, like if you have a dirty cup, you you rinse it with clean water. Until yeah. all the dirty water is out, mm -hmm. then it becomes clean. So that's what we have to do. Yeah, the first few times might not look like you made a change. But as you continually... You need some scrub in the first few times. Yes, as you continually <laughs> put water, clean water in it, it becomes... I'm sorry. Oh my God, I need to sneeze, but I don't want to. <laughs> I'm sorry. But it needs, to be, it needs to be this clear water. It needs to be this clean water until the water becomes full of clean water. Yeah. But at first, you know what I mean? At first it's going to look nasty. Like, Ugh, like, no, no, don't switch it. But no. Yeah. God's going to make it and make it and make it and make it. So, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. And, and you know what I was thinking, Danny? Also, like, I love Paul because I feel like he's so, like, real in this. If you guys read Romans 7 and 8, he talks about how he is un unable to fully uh, follow the Spirit. Like, he, he puts his mind on the things of the Spirit, but his body continues to betray him time and time again. So we have to understand that although uh, Jesus came and he died for us, we are still... In living in our flesh that's why we have to fight against this temptation continuously but the only one that we have to flee from is sexual immorality so do not try to fight against lust you have to flee from lust which is hard because again lust is gratifying and you know i was reading this thing and i really loved it and it, it says you have to hate and put to death uh sin while it's in the flesh so that it never gets to your heart and I thought that was awesome. So like while you're still feeling it in your body, don't let it be like, don't let it evolve so much that now it's something that you want. It's, it becomes like plan sin. It becomes something that, well, even um, essentially iniquity. Right, right. And I was going to tell you that, you know, we, we can see this, uh, this law in the member, members. And um, David's son, uh, his name is Amnon. And what was his law? He was so infatuated with his own sister, Tamar, that he almost, well, the Bible says that he took her, but another version says that, you know, she also wasn't, you know, 
putting a huge fight. But let's just say he raped her. He went as far as to raping his own sister. And then there's one thing that he did. After he was done, after the sexual act was done, the Bible says that he hated her. So you see what I'm saying? That's how, that's what remember we were talking about this last time and we said that that's what happens with lust. That's what happens with these laws and the members that it becomes so, so purely on, on you that when the act is done, you don't even care about the other person. It's more of like, okay, thank you very much. I'm moving on. And that's when we have to watch out for the it. The second he satisfied himself, it no longer mattered to him. At he first he hated loved her. her. Yeah. He hated her. It changes. That's, his that's his so crazy. Life. And the Bible says that she was a, the, the, the Bible says that she was a virgin. So, well, you might say, Danny, but you know what? It's not a big deal now. And I, and I agree. Like, like it, it is a big deal today, but, but what I'm telling you is that back then it wasn't even a bigger deal. You know, it was like a, okay, you need to marry as a virgin, right? You like, like, I, I don't mean to say that that's what we feel now, but back then women used to lose value when they were virgins. Um, so we have to understand that uh, that uh, we we um, we just can't let those laws let those laws come into our life. Um, when um, Danny said that she was a virgin in Second Samuel thirteen two, it says, "And Amnon, um, yeah, was so terminated that he made himself ill because of his sister Tamara, for she was a virgin, and it seemed impossible to um, Amnon to." Amnon. Um, uh, to do anything for her. Right. And you know what I, I, I love about this? That he was tormented. Why? Because all he was thinking about was this. And the, I don't remember who was the guy that was um, helping him with advice. Like, oh yeah, let me go get her for you real quick. But he literally was not thinking of the things of the spirit. So his body, his flesh was saying, hey, this is what you want to do. Mm. And what he let it do is get to his heart, get to his mind. And he... Until he did it, because that's even guys. When you watch like uh, things about murder, it says like people don't just go out in one day and just murder you. Mm -mm. They thought about it for a long time until one day it just happened. Why? Because it had already happened so many times in his mind. So this is how sin is. We don't just go out one day and just oh here I'm gonna do this. No, we plan it. We think about it. We're evil in this way, right? So when we start to have these thoughts, what we have to do is keep busy, put our thing, our mind in the things of the spirit. Start thinking about things that are not the sin that we want to do. Because the more we think, the more we like. Make it grow. I agree. I agree. And we also have to, we also have to understand that you know it's another another oh, person. Nadab, yeah. She what, what was happened? just telling me that the, the guy who was giving him advice is Honadab. I don't know how you say that in English. But, but oh, you know, I was telling you that also we have to understand that. Just just because we always we always think that these things, like, like for example, like I've, I've helped a lot of young guys. I said that the minute they go into these things, they feel like they have no hope. Like they feel like, oh, how can God use me? Or I'm not worthy of being. For example, I some guy told me uh, um, um, sometime like in the last month, he told me I don't like coming to church because... I feel like I'm not worthy in being in God's presence. And I told him, and I was like, dude, that's not the right way to feel. That's exactly what the devil wants you to feel. And and I was reading I was reading the story of King David, and I was seeing that, if you guys notice, when David sins with Bathsheba, right? Remember, he sleeps with his right? The baby dies, right? But within David's sin, God glorifies his, himself. And you might say, Danny, how? This is how we must see this. Through David's sin, the baby, the first baby dies, but the second baby, he has no who was? No Solomon. And he made that baby through this sin. He made him the the, the wisest, the wisest kings of, of all of Israel. 
So he said, even though you made a mistake, it's okay. You're going to be punished. And out of this and out of this nasty thing that you did, I will make something great. Because it's not about you, but it's about me. Daddy, and we see the same thing again in Gomer. Uh, the one who had to marry Oseza, she was a prostitute. And time and time again, she she was unfaithful to her husband once he married her. And I, I'm sorry to say this, but like on on behalf of all the women, I don't think any of us want to be a prostitute, but it right. becomes a law. Like it was so strong for her that she had to do it. And the Bible says that whoever commits adultery is senseless and destroys himself or herself, right? And it's the same thing you're saying right now. But at the end, what happened? She had redemption. And it's a figure of the church that although we used to prostitute ourselves with the world, Christ said, no, I'll take you. And then we're adulterous again and God will take us. And we'll do it again and again and again and again until we finally understand and yeah. he redeems us. I agree. And also we have to, now that you just said that, and um, since this is a podcast for youth, right? I mean, I hope I can, I can, <laughs> I hope this is right. I don't want to be a no. podcast for an older person, but even though I don't mind, I don't mind if the older people hear this, but I was going to tell you guys that, that through all my high school and middle school days, I would see a lot of girls that would like to be like, for example, touched in, inappropriately. And I don't know why, but like, for example, for me and, and when I saw the, Girls getting touched, they would kind of like fight it, right? And I would always see this one girl that always liked it. Like she, it was like no big deal to her. And not not too long ago, I saw her on Facebook, and she was Christian. <laughs> and and I was looking at her, and I'm like, dude, that's the horrible part about this generation today. You know, other girls are doing this, and you want to have that attention, and you mix up love through through lust. And you think that everybody that's giving you affection because you have a certain uh, thing that everybody likes, you think it's okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, you know, they love me. But in reality, they don't. All they want you is for your body. And as a, as a, as a girl, I need you to understand that your body doesn't doesn't make you or break you. Like, what, what makes you or breaks you is what you have inside, how much you love, where you have Christ inside. Uh, and I... I, I I saw her and she's now married and I was so happy. I was so happy. And she was actually my friend. Like, like we would talk to each other like friends and, and, and I would never understand why she was like that. And now she has a husband, she has kids. And I saw, I said, look, God glorifies even on the, on my, you know, colleges or high schools person that everybody would kind of feel like they had an entitlement with her. And I, I always said, thank God. I was like, God, thank you for reaching her. And yeah. dude, now she's like preaching and, and everything. And I'm like, Whoa. And I'm like, that's so nice. And it makes me feel good that, that God, doesn't throw those people away because we feel like the first thing that happens is God goes, oh, you sin sexually, you're yeah. going to hell, yeah. right? And it's not like that. Actually, God sees these people and goes, oh, they feel worthless? They feel unworthy? Okay, because they feel this way, I will even use it even more. And, you know, it's, it's um, I realized this, that this is the time as youth, as we're young, this is the time to work on these things that we're enslaved to and not when we realize when, um, we're older and we start um, making friends and, you know, because that's like the the biggest problem that can we have these struggles within us. And then once we become like friends with everybody, it just becomes harder because that's how friendships don't even end up working out. Because, you know, I was, I was you know, like Instagram, um, I saw this one thing where like girls are always like, oh, my God, I can't be friends with guys because then they start looking at me this way or that way. And and it's probably and or vibes versa as well. But that's why. Um, to refrain from those things it's like work on them on them now so then in the future you already pass those things you don't struggle with those things and you know better and then understand where you came from 
and you know it's funny Kathy because you're saying this but a lot of people think oh you know all of my sexual problems are gonna be over once I get married like yeah I'm not I need gonna practice yeah and not only that but they're they're thinking like oh i'm not gonna have i'm not gonna lust anymore once i'm married or it's gonna be okay because i'm allowed to now have sex with my wife or my husband Mm -hmm. but it's absolutely the contrary to that there are still things in in your body in your flesh that okay my wife is no longer enough i'm not attracted to my wife anymore Mm -hmm. oh i like my wife but i also like that girl that's walking there and i mean i'm saying wife because it's easier for me but husband too so, you know, these things never end. So it's, I love that you're saying that. Work on these things when you're young so that when you get to a commitment, you know, you don't become an adulterer because the Bible says that just by coveting somebody else with your eyes, you have committed adultery. Or like sometimes um, once you're married, you're like, you start hanging out with family more, your sister's husband, and then you start catching feelings or having desires for your sister's husband or your brother's wife, you know? And... Sometimes we're like, oh, why am I getting these feelings if I'm married? It's like, no, it's because you never broke those chains. You never you never got rid of all those um, bad things in your soul, you know, or in your heart, you know. So sometimes we have to get rid of that. And only way is to, to get ministración. Well, well, not sometimes, all the time. All the time, <laughs> you know. We have to get um, ministry. So, yeah, you know, those are things that we have to get rid of because it will affect us in a marriage, you know. We won't be able to last in a marriage. That's why you see a lot of people, a lot of couples break up in the world because they started having sex at a young age. They started having lust for people, you know. So now they can't even keep a relationship because they're cheating or the wife's like, okay, okay, we're going to have an open relationship. Nowadays, that's okay. And it's like they normalized a lot of that things when it's not when it's not right, you know? Right, and you know what? You know what's crazy about what you're talking about? In Ezekiel 16, 49, this is God speaking to Israel, right? And it says, this is what your sister Sodom and has done wrong. So Sodom and Gomorrah, remember? And she had her daughters that were proud and they had plenty of food and had peace and security and they didn't help out the poor and the needy. But this is, this, is the, this is the most important part. It says, they were arrogant and they did disgusting things in front of me. So I did away with them when I saw this. So when you guys go see it and see disgusting things, it actually says haughty. That means like uh, they were kind of giving themselves. They were very passionate. They were very sexually driven. So I was going to tell you guys that we, we have to run away because this is our spiritual remember that god speaks to israel and also speaks to us because we're also just like the house of israel right so we have to understand that this is where we have to be better than israel you see what i'm saying like sodom and gomorrah was made was uh, was known for their sexual immorality and not just like saying oh danny but what? they were like no they were saying the bible says that they were having sex women with women men with men men with beasts women with beasts and then we can even see like in the in the in the story of lot that two angels come into his house and just listen how how ridiculous and how disgusting they were that the minute those angels came into their house into their house they said lot take him out because we want to get to know them and in the bible getting to know them means pleasure it means i want to i want to enjoy them meaning sexually so they were willing to do sexual things with angels which you got to that extent. We got to that extent. That's why. That's why. That's why God did away with them, and that's why um, a lot of times you guys hear our, our parents saying, "Oh, it's the Sodoma y Gomorrah or Vegas, the Sodoma y Gomorrah, right?" And yeah. it's true. God sees this, and God sees everybody doing everything, and He goes, "Okay, you guys are getting to my limit." Okay, and what He does, He destroys them, and He does it. Red Bible says here, "So I did away with them with all those disgusting things." So we have to be careful that our law and the members doesn't become something so horrible that God just goes, 
I delete you. Go. Um, when you say destroy us, obviously he's not going to kill us, but he will bring like sickness to us or he will like, you know, make our spirit down or make us feel like yeah, worthless. Spiritually, spiritually we'll be dead. Yeah. We, we won't feel that presence we used to feel, you know. And then you're going to be like, oh, why am I not feeling the Lord anymore? Why am I not having an encounter with him? Well, the Lord, he didn't leave your side. He's waiting for you to look for him to leave your sins behind, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, we, we have to be careful because, look, in Deuteronomy 32.32, I want to read it to you guys because I want you guys to read it. It says, look, this is talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. It says, their grapevines come from Sodom and Gomorrah. Their grapevines are poisonous and their clusters are bitter. Their wine is snake venom, the deadly poison of cobras. Look how God look how God t- tells these people that were full of sin, that were full of sexual sin, full of lust, and that they couldn't understand the difference. They did not break the laws of their members. That he goes, they are the worst. They are poisonous. They are clusters of bitter. Imagine their wine. When, when you talk about wine, it's like like what, what they produce, right? Where, yeah. What it comes out of them is snake venom. Can you imagine? Imagine being being and being compared to this. That's what I'm saying that. Just like we can be a holy nation and we yeah. can be a holy town, we can also be a wicked and cursed p- place. So that's how, that's how I always tell people, guys, always be patient with people. Always love people because people come here hurt. Yeah. Instead of yeah. saying, hey, let me, let me let me help you up. You go, oh, you sin sexually? Oh, you, you can't be here. You got to get out of here. Church is like a hospital, you know? Yeah. There's exactly. sick people, you know? You never know what they're going through. They might look perfect from the outside, but from the inside, they're dealing with, like, with, like, spirits, you know, like, things they're battling. They're still trying to get rid of those, you know? And yeah. we can't judge people from the outside. We have to get to know them, you know? And there's some things that we can't um, help them with that you have to guide them through and have them uh, have a leader, you know, help them with it, you know? Yeah. And sometimes youth want to get into it, like, no, you guys can't give advice to someone when you can't even give yourself advice, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And you know what's crazy? That, that, that everybody asks, like, okay, you know, these laws in the member we lost and everything. Like, how can we recover from it, you know? How can we how can we say, hey, can I come back from this? For example, a lot of, a lot of us young people uh, make... Um, we lust over our peers, right? For example, a young kid lusts over another young girl, right? And then they go, "Hi, Danny. You know how can I, how can I make myself free from this? Like, mm-hmm. it's awkward when I see her." And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> it's supposed to be awkward because you made the mistake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like they want them to go back to normal. Like you can never go back to normal because that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. But let me tell you guys something. Everybody who's listening to me, that you guys." can come back from it i've seen so many beautiful stories but there's a little bit of um how do i say that like like um how do i say that how do you say that once like like shame with it oh, you know embarrassment. What I'm saying? yeah there's a little bit of embarrassment for example that's i always tell people not to date when they're younger yeah. because for example if you date when you're 14 right you break off and it's kind of weird or maybe you did something sexual that you shouldn't have then you turn 22 and you see that young girl that you have something sexual with get married to your best friend it's gonna oh. be awkward. It's gonna be it's weird. It's shameful. Like, yeah. bro, yeah. I uh-huh. saw her naked. Or, hey, bro, he told me she told me what she wanted me to do with me. Like, is she is she gonna do that to you in your honeymoon? Yeah. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. becomes weird. But so that's that's, I'm like, those yeah. are the things that now come to your mind, and those are the things. But like, what I want to tell you is not the bad things that come, but the good things that come. 
God will still make something out of you beautiful. And that's what the Bible says, that there's many cups of honor and many cups of dishonor. So yeah. we have to be cups of honor. In Matthew 5, 29, it says, if, you, if your right eye makes you sin, take it out and throw it away. It is better to lose one part of your body than mm-hmm. to have your whole body thrown into hell. That is, that, is, that is so crazy because the Bible also says, just, just check this out because they go together in hand in hand. It says that, it says that, that right? So if one, one part of the body is bad for you, cut it off. And then there's another verse in the Bible that I read it all the time. It says that don't be like, um, he, he, tell me, he talks about two people that their doctrine spreads like gangrene mm-hmm. into their body. So how do you lose a hand? By infection. By infection, right? Yeah. Through gangrene. Yeah. Gangrene is the only thing that the minute you have it, you have to do what? Chop it off. Chop it off. Therefore, these law on the members become like gangrene. Yeah. And you have to be careful who you hang out with. Because, for example, if Rebecca has a law on the member and I'm seeing this law on the member, I might like it and I might want to do it. And if you, if I see you and I have a law and then Kat sees me and likes it, then I'm going to have it. So now we, all three of us and then we has started, gangrene. And then we start affecting the body of Christ and exactly. there's no unity. And that's what the Bible says. He who is actually immorally sins against his body and his body only. And the, sorry, and the body of Christ. So we have to understand that, guys, the law of the members is so deep and we have to be so careful with this. We have to be careful, not just with us, but with our brothers and sisters as well, right? And now, Danny, like, how can we recover from blessing over someone? How do we stop this desire from happening? Well, uh, like, like, like I just answered it, right? Like, um, uh, we have to be, we have to move away. I think, look, I think the number one thing we have to understand is we have to move away from the person. Like, oh, but, you know, she's my best friend. No, you said it right. She was your she best was, friend. Yeah. <laughs> or he was your best friend, right? Yeah. Now you guys can't go back to talking. Guys, there's no such thing as being friends after there is a sexual contact. It's just yeah. it's weird. It's always there. There's sexual, And now you have to go through a process that I like to call. Um, maybe I won't tell you what I like to call because it's only for guys. But um, it's like a process that you have to go through now. And like literally, like I tell you, it's like just being stuck on, on like a drug addict you have yeah. to go through like a withdrawal and danny i want to do this i want to do that yeah but you made the decision yeah. like i always saw that the kids if you make it you have to make a big boy decision you got to put your big boy pants on yeah and you have to say no nah, now nah, i gotta put my head down and say i'm sorry because usually usually from all the times that i've seen it women are the ones that kind of get it really really soft like and the guys are the ones that are like very like oh my god what happened between you and her and the, the guy's more like i love her Right, yeah. and the guy and the girls more like, oh, I don't know, that's my dad, right, or something like that, right. <laughs> so, so, so you have to you have to understand that that that, that the guy is the one that puts his face. And I always tell the kid, the, the kids, how does your dad act with your mom when your mom makes a mistake? He doesn't go, mm, I don't know, talk to her. No, yeah. he goes, yeah, it's my family's mistake, and I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. Sometimes we have to like, as you were saying, that we see and like we want to get into a relationship at a young age, you know, and like. We should learn from our parents because some of our parents did have relationships at a young age. They did mistakes before we did, and we should learn from theirs so we won't do the same, you know? Because um, for me, my mom, she had a boyfriend, and she got pregnant and, you know, everything, and she had two kids with him. And then now she's with my father, but now we're, we're, we're good, you know? But, like, those are chains we have to break with, you know? And, like, you have to learn from those so you won't do the same mistakes as, you They're know? They're on the members that yeah. didn't understand. Dude, all of us, all of our parents had these. Yeah. Um, some parents come and tell me, yeah, man, excuse my son that he's acting like this, man. Look, I need to do this, this, this. And I'm like, oh, my God. 
And I told uh, some people, I tell them, oh, they're only doing a third of what you used to do. And they're like, yeah, I know. I was worse. And they almost it's almost like a it's almost like a thing of saying like like oh just kind of excuse them you know what I mean and I'm like no 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 I mean we gotta put a bigger a bigger thing on them we gotta no. put a bigger standard so they don't fall in the same things but guys I want to tell you guys that thank you guys for coming again to the encounter and um, I want to tell you guys that uh, we're gonna continue this lust versus love so continue listening and uh, guys follow us on Redeemer on Instagram. And I think we have a TikTok somewhere there. So it's there. <laughs> Hi guys, this is Danny and I'll see you guys next time. God bless.